0: Man, who was here last weekend? I enjoyed that quite a lot. Did you? All right, I got one yes, and everybody else is like, ah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Did you? God yes. said some amazing things to our church and to a bunch of individuals in the church. And I titled my message today, Good Word. And that was not uh, fishing for compliments on the sermon. I, I, didn't, I didn't do that so everybody would come up to me after service and say, that was a good word, Pastor Chris. But if you want to do that, it'll make me feel better. Uh, Now, I I wanted to say a good word because I want to follow up on some of the things that God said to us. We talked for about a month about preparing ourselves to hear God and the different ways He speaks to us. And then we had a meeting last week where we had a guest who came in with a prophetic gift. And he spoke some things to us. And I want to talk about what do we do now? What's our next step after we hear the voice of the Lord, after we think we know what He said to us? And uh, to do it today, I wanted to start off by asking you a question. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody where you just knew what they were saying was right for you. You're, just, you're talking with them and something just clicked in your head. It dropped in your heart. Uh, if, you're, if you're a Christian, you may say, I got a witness about it. I don't know. What, whatever religious language you want to use, I'm just saying something clicked inside that you knew, yes, that's what I needed to do. Maybe you were having a conversation with your spouse or your kids or your doctor or a friend and they said to you, you should lose a little weight. This is a completely hypothetical example. I'm not, not saying this actually happened at all. But say you were having one of those conversations and somebody said, you need to lose a little weight. And something just clicked inside of you that you said, you know, they're absolutely right. That is, a, that is something I need to do in my life. Maybe you even got excited about it. You're like, yes, I, I agree with that. that. That's a good word for me. Come on. We've all, we've all had a moment like this where we just know that's something I'm supposed to do. And maybe even you start telling other people about it. Dave, I'm going to lose some weight. Did you, ever, did you ever do that? You got excited and you're like, I just got to share what I know I'm supposed to do. And maybe you even had friends that got excited with you. Like, yes, that's awesome. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to buy you some smaller clothes so you can <laughs> celebrate and wear them. How many of you have clothes in your closet that you're just waiting on? Right. Like, Hey, I'm saving that for when I get back into it. Come on, you get excited about these things. you, You say, I got a good word. Yes, I'm in complete agreement with that. I need to do it. If you don't take any action on that word. So if a year from now, I haven't done anything to lose weight. But I'm still telling, like, yes, that was a good word. I know that was for me. In a year from now, if I don't do anything... And I ask somebody, how do I look? What are they going to say? You know, Pam, she's, she's being nice to me. You can't hear me. She's going to say, you look good. You look, okay. you look exactly the same. You, you haven't done anything. Like, what am I supposed to be noticing? And In fact, sometimes what really happens is we get upset that people were even asking us anymore, how's that going? And, and we kind of duck the question. We, we, know, we know we heard it. We know we should have done something about it. That was a good word for me. But then I haven't done anything. So now it's like I don't even really want to talk about it. You know, Mike, Mike comes up and says, how's the weight loss going, Pastor Chris? And I say, man, it's a beautiful day outside, isn't it? Are you going golfing this afternoon? Like, I changed the subject. Come on, all those things because we don't take any action on the good word we've received. And it amazingly, amazingly, James addressed this exact issue in the letter that he wrote in the Bible. In James chapter 1 and verse 22, it says this. It says, do not deceive yourselves by just listening to his word. Instead, put it into practice. If you listen to the word but do not put it into practice, you are like people who look in a mirror and see themselves as they are. They take a good look at themselves, but then they go away and at once forget what they look like. Come on, you may have heard that in in one translation. It may say, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. He's telling you that there is action that needs to be taken. If you remember, James was writing to a bunch of people. He was writing to a Jewish culture that there were many of the Jews at that time that they put a lot more value on learning rather than practicing. They put a lot more value on hearing and listening and being there when the, when the Word was read than they did in actually putting it into practice in their lives. And James is, is a little bit upset about this. He's saying, you don't need to just be a hearer. You need to actually do what you hear or else there's no benefit to you. And I will tell you that uh, the truth is one of, one of the main things that you'll hear preached from this verse is we need to do what the Bible says, right? How many of you have ever heard a sermon that used this verse to say that? The Bible is like a mirror. that It shows you who you are. Come on, the real you is contained in the pages of this book. Come on. The real you is who you are on Sunday mornings when you feel the anointing and you're in God's presence and I get excited, I get happy, I want to hug everybody, I want to empty my pockets and be generous and give stuff away. The real you is that person. And James is saying we're like people that see the real us and then we walk away, we don't do anything and we go back to being something that we're not. We forget who we really are. And I will say that the the main thing that you'll hear from that verse in James is, hey, be the person who the Bible says you are. Do what's in this book. I will say another truth from that scripture is James wrote that before we had this. So when he says, be a doer of the word, he wasn't picturing this nice leather bound book with thin little pages that we could carry around so handily or what we put on our phone and look it up. He wasn't necessarily saying those things. What was James talking about? If you read chapter uh, 1 of James in context, uh, he actually said something about the word that Jesus gave us new birth through. It says he gave us new birth through his word. It talks about the word being implanted inside of us that is able to save us. So what was James really talking about? I think you can make a case that James is saying, oh, maybe the scriptures that you did have already, because they did have the, the Torah and the Old Testament, maybe the doctrine that had been communicated to them. I think James is definitely referring to the gospel. Hey, the message of Jesus Christ that was preached to you is the word that's able to save you. The word that's planted inside of you. Jesus himself, the life and the nature of Jesus, the word of God himself that is inside of you, that's what saves you and changes you. And, and similar to what we saw last week, I think James may have even been saying, hey, when those prophetic guys came and ministered to you and gave you a word, don't forget that. Do something with it. Act upon it. No, no matter which way you look at it, what you think James was talking about, the encouragement that he gives us is to respond to the word that we've heard. Come on. The, I think all of the Christian life is a response, isn't it? We love because why? He first loved us. That's why we do these things. We do good works because he saved us. He saved us in order that we could do those works and bring glory to the Father in heaven. I think all the Christian life is a response to what he's already done and what he's spoken to us. And our job, come on, trust me, we're we're not getting into works. We're not earning anything. We're not getting more favor with God. He's a good father. He loves us who we are. But we have a job in the kingdom, and it's to do something in response to his voice in our life. To come into a place where we say, yes, Jesus, I know I heard you, and I'm going to act on it. I'm not just going to be a hearer and never be the person that you've made me to be, but I'm going to act and respond to what you've spoken over me. If you have a word from God, you have to do something. And and it may be different. There may be We're, we're sitting in this room, we're going to talk about it. There Maybe you got a specific word directly for you last week. Maybe you got encouraged because you heard other words. Maybe you heard a word for the church and it stirred you. Maybe you heard that still small voice. Maybe you had a dream. Maybe you had a vision. But there should be something about getting a word from God in us right now. Even Jesus talked about giving words to people. Come on. There was was a time when Jesus was praying in John 17. You remember this famous prayer of Jesus, and he's praying for his disciples. And this is what he says to his disciples about what he did for them. In John 17, 8, he says to the Father, he says, I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. When it says Jesus gave the Father's words to the disciples, How many of you read that verse and you think, oh, that means he sat there with the scroll and read them the Torah? Or even the book of Isaiah that he read in the temple that one time. How many of you picture that? If if that wasn't what he's talking about, what are the words that Jesus gave to the disciples from the Father? I think the words that Jesus gave them sounded like this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I've come from the Father. I want to be with you. I think the words that Jesus gave the disciples sounded like, you are the light of the world. Come on, that's what he was speaking over them. The words, maybe he gave specific words. If you remember, he said to Peter, Peter, you are a rock. Come on, I think that's a word that stirred something in Peter that came from the Father through Jesus to Peter. And we need to, to be in a place where we're hearing those words from the Lord to act on them. We receive some great words to our church last week some prophecies some things that were we believe were inspired by God to say and I think prophecy should be an integral part of a believer's life come on don't don't get weird on me at, at its core definition what is prophecy it's simply somebody says what God is saying right I get at least one yes and a couple head nods look look at your neighbor this morning and say God loves you Come on, I I hope we just took some mystery out of it because in a very basic sense, all of you just prophesied to the person next to you. How do I know that? Because I know that God is always saying, I love you to people. In fact, that's why Jesus came, for God so loved the world. And if if we are saying what God says to people at a very basic level, we all did just prophesy because God is always saying to people, I love you but prophecy should be an ongoing part. We should be wanting to hear what God is saying in our lives. In fact, Paul wrote this to the church in Thessalonica. He said, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. Uh, the context of these verses actually implies that one of the ways we stifle or quench, how many of you have a translation that says quench, one of the ways that we quench the Holy Spirit is when we scoff at prophecies. Oh, that's, that wasn't for today, or pff, I, whatever, whatever he said, that was fine, but that's his deal. Come on, when we scoff at the prophetic, it's one of the ways we quench the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Remember, Paul's not saying hold on to and act on everything that anybody says to you and says, this is what the Lord's saying to you. How many of you have ever seen a context where that got abused, where there was manipulation? Like, oh, well, God told me to tell you this. And then how are you going to argue with them? Because they're saying, well, God said this. And it's like, no, wait a second. Paul said to test everything. And I'm only going to hold on to what is good. I'm going to see, does it align with the Word of God? Does it align what I already know is God's will for my life, what He would speak to me? Am I getting a sense from the Holy Spirit that this is really Him or that you're just speaking out of your flesh? Paul says to test these things. But after you test them, he says, hold on to what is good. It means don't let it go. That means do something with it. Too many times I think we, we take what we've gotten as a word from the Lord and we're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great, God. I'll just put that up on the shelf or put it in my Bible. We'll pray about it later and, and I'll get back to it someday. I don't think That's not what Paul is implying there when he says hold on to it. He's saying treasure it, value it, hold on to it desperately, act on it, do something with the word that we've been given. Test them all. How many of you know that prophecy is not an invalid prophecy just because it wasn't what we wanted to hear at the moment? Um, at least a couple people. Come on. You, you, got, you may have gotten a word last week where God says, I'm sending you to the nations. And you're thinking, no, I hate to travel. That's not for me. God, you missed it. The prophet, must, he must have been pointing at Eddie, but he accidentally said it to me. Like, it's not invalid just because it wasn't what we wanted to hear at the moment. That's part of testing it. Testing it is, does that sound like something God would say to me? When I talk to the other people in my life that I trust, that give me godly wisdom, does that sound like something God would say to me? And if it is, I'm going to hold on to it, whether or not I'm totally liking it or comfortable with it at the moment. Because part of prophecy, and if you were here last week for the service, almost all the time, very often, prophecy speaks to potential. It's something that God wants to do, it's something that he sees possible in our lives. It's, it's, I love the example. Did you ever hear a preacher or somebody say, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus? How many of you have ever heard that? How many of you, when you look at yourself, you see Jesus? <laughs> There's a, a couple people who are like, yeah, I see him working in my life. But most of us were like, That's really nice that you say that, God, because I don't see it anywhere. Come on, can we be honest in church? We church full of honest people or we church full of hypocrites this morning? Come on, we look at ourselves and we're always so critical. I see very clearly every single day all the stuff that doesn't line up with what's in here. That's what I tend to focus on. And when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. He really does. He looks at me and he sees, this is who I made you to be. This is the nature I've put in you. This is what I did when I saved you through the cross. This is who I see you as now. That's what prophecy does. It speaks to that stuff because he wants us to remember who we are. Just like James said, looking in the word in a mirror, don't forget who you are. And that's the same way that we should hold on to it. Lord, I want to hear what you say about me even louder than what I say about myself. If we hold on to what is good, and we continue to rehearse it, and we begin to act on it, we begin to believe it, I think his voice eventually will drown out those other voices in our head. Hold on to what is good. Prophecy speaks to potential. What Jesus wants to do, or what he sees in us. I think prophecy is amazing. Come on, think about, we said Jesus called Peter a rock. How many of you think Peter felt like a rock when he's denying three times that he even knew Jesus. I'm, I'm pretty sure at that moment, he was not feeling like, oh, wow, that was a great word I got from Jesus. What he was feeling was, I'm ashamed. I need to run and I don't even want to talk about that word that he gave me because I'm so far from living there. Yet if he held on to it, I think part of that, holding on to those words of Jesus is what enabled him to even be on the beach there with Jesus that morning when he said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. When he embraced him and restored him to a place where it was, I don't know if Peter would have got there if he hadn't had all those words from Jesus saying, you're a rock, you're my guy, I'm the the way, the truth, and life, trust me, I'm going to be with you. I don't know if he would have gotten to that point where he would have been able to be restored. But somewhere, somewhere i got to believe in the back of his mind, he's remembering, okay, Jesus, I'm going to believe what you believe about me, even though I see these other things that have happened in my life. You may have gotten a prophecy or a word last week, and maybe the prophet said to you, you're full of boldness and wisdom, and you're going to declare the word of Jesus. And you're thinking, I'm an introvert, and I... I don't even know if I've read the whole Bible the whole way through. Come on, prophecy speaks to potential, and we need to act on it. This is why James says, do something with the word that you've received. It helps you remember who you really are. And just to be clear, oh, I want to say this this morning, just to be clear, I'm not saying take every prophetic word you've gotten from somebody and put it on the same level with the Bible. Can we just say, okay, Pastor Pastor Chris isn't adding to this book, okay? That's that's not what I'm saying this morning is, is the prophetic words we got. It's not Scripture. But what I am asking us this morning is, what do we do if we're certain we've heard the Lord? Come on, if we know God spoke this to me, what should I do with it? And the answer is not just sit on it. The answer's not buried away somewhere, forget about it, put it on the shelf. The answer is to do something. If, if I agree that lose a little weight is a good word for me, I may set a goal. I may change my diet. I may start adding some exercise in. Ouch. Come on, after, after billions of dollars spent on the diet industry, there's the secret for you this morning. Eat less and exercise is the way to lose weight. I have to do those things if I believe that lose a little weight was a good word for me. How many times do we do that about natural things? Like, oh, I know I should do that. That's a great, uh, yeah, I, I need to study. I need to get this degree. I need to get this job. We do it all the time about natural stuff. Why then, when it comes to spiritual things, do so many of us hear the word, say, yeah, that's a good word, and we never think about it again? That's a, that could be an ouch point. You don't have to say amen, you could say ouch. And come on, we're all guilty of that at some point. If you didn't get a specific word last week, if nobody called you out and said, oh, I'm going to prophesy to you now, here is what I want us all to do. The first thing is, think about, when, when I'm talking about this this morning and acting on it, doing something, think about what was the last thing that you know God said to you? That you're absolutely certain about. You know, oh, I knew I was supposed to do this. I knew God spoke this to me. Think about it. And if, if you're in a place where you're like, I don't know. I, I can't remember God ever talking to me. Talk to somebody around you. Ask somebody to pray for you. There are people in this room that will help encourage you and give you a word. It could, it could be something as simple to start as, hey, God said he loves you and wants you to act like it. But think about for a second, what's the last thing you know God spoke to you that you heard him clearly and it witnessed inside of you you, something clicked that you were like, yes, that's a good word. And the other thing I want us to do is let's all take some ownership of the stuff that God spoke to us as a church to New Life Fellowship last week. There were some exciting things in there about teaching the Bible and seeing people come in who are wounded that are going to get whole in this house. People, millennials coming. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm faith confession. I love millennials. Everybody look at your neighbor say, I love millennials. Oh, come on. Say it, say it for real. Some of you aren't too sure. Come on. Millennials get a bad rap, but they love justice. They love seeing the oppressed and the hurting raised up. They love to serve in places. They might not be your personality and your cup of tea, but the body of Christ needs them. So I want us to take ownership of the words that God spoke to us as a church. And when you're thinking about, okay, well, what did God speak to me? What's the last thing I know he heard? Or I got a word last week. What's he saying to the church? Don't force it to happen. Don't get out in front of God's timing and say, oh, I've got a plan that I could make that happen. That's one of the worst things we could do is say, I'm going to do this in my own strength. I think, uh, last week, if you were here, I thought it was great advice from Denny. He said, if you have a word from the Lord or you heard some prophecy, read through it and say, oh, this is what God said he's going to do. I'm going to let him do that part. And this is the part that I need to do. And I'm going to do that part. Those are the things that we need to do when we're listening to them. So here's at a minimum, if you think you heard God, if you, we got words last week to the church at a minimum, this is what I would like us to do. Listen to them again. Come on, I'm, it wasn't only one week. They're still available on the website. If you go to the front page of our church website, there's a link there that says, click here for the words from Denny. So listen to them again. While you're listening, write some things down. Or if you're paper take some notes in your phone. Do something. Make yourself a voice memo. I don't know. Listen to it again and write some things down. I'm not... Come on, I'm... I am not Mr. Fast Typer. I'm like the two, maybe three fingers at a time. I could get it going. I don't even know what's fast with typing. I'm not Mr. I transcribe the word word for word. But I sat with my notebook and my pen, and I made some bullet notes of, man, this jumped out at me. I heard him say this. This is what he's going to say. I have bullet point lists of prophecies that we've gotten in the past that I carry around with me all the time. And I pull them out, I look at them again, I pray about them. I ask God, what's happening with this right now? So, listen to it again, write some things down. After you write some things down, the great next step is just pray about it. God, this sounds awesome. What should I do with it? What's the next step? I want to I want to act like I value your words, God. And I'm going to do something with it. Just like James said, don't be just a hearer, but be a doer also. And after you pray about it, take some kind of action. And again, if you don't know what that action should be, talk with somebody about it. There's a lot of people with a lot of wisdom in this room right now. Here, here are some just common sense ones. If you got a word that you're going to go to the nations, get a Passport. Come on, how many of you know that would be a good first step if you got a prophetic word about going to the nations, like, hey, they won't even let me out of the country if I don't have a passport. i got to do that as a first step. There are some common sense things that we can do to get ready for the words. If you got a word about teaching, read this book. Start studying. Ask some questions of people that you know know the word. There are things that we can do to prepare ourselves for when that prophecy will come to pass, when that word will happen in our lives. We don't just sit passively. We act. We're doers on the words that we've heard. When I was younger, I was, I was a pastor's kid. So I got to see a lot of guests, and we had a lot of people through the church, and we, we never missed a service when there was a guest. How's that for <laughs> attendance? I, I should have a little pin on, on my lapel every prophetic type person that would come through the church, they would look at me and I didn't get prophecies all the time, but almost all the time there was a common theme when they would, prophetic person would see me, they would say, pastor, 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 you're going to pastor one day. And they said some other things too, but after like five or six times of people coming through the church and speaking that over you, you kind of get a little idea of this could be the direction in the course of my life. So, In response to that, you're thinking, oh, well, did you sign up for seminary? Where'd you you go to Bible college? So I went to the University of Pittsburgh and got a degree in industrial engineering. (laughs) Well, weren't you complying with the word? Didn't you believe the word? Yes, but also some of the prophetic things that were spoken over me said, you need to pursue your natural education. God's going to prosper you in the business field. You're going to have a job. And one day, you're going to lay it down to go into the ministry. I had had that as part of the prophetic words I received. So I was not disobeying the call of God. But while I got my degree, while I got a job, while I was working, you know what I did? I plugged into a local church. I made myself available I I offered to do anything that needed to be done. Oh, we need some youth leaders. I could do that. Oh, we need somebody on the worship team. I could do that. You need somebody to help teach a class or run a small group. I could do that. I began to learn and get on-the-job training because I knew, hey, while I'm working my natural job, part of the word I got was I'm going to lay it down one day. So I was learning and seeing, okay, I'm taking steps and being a doer with this word I received not just the hearer of it and there are things that we can do to position ourselves that when the door opens we're ready to walk through it come on that's one of the saddest things in the kingdom of god is when you're looking and you see man god so opened a door in that person's life but they weren't ready to walk through it or they sat there and waited and the opportunity passed come on we can do things to get ourselves ready to walk through that door when it opens Uh, we had a word as a church in 2015 that we were going to grow and expand. And being the great man of faith I was, do you know what I did with that word? I was ready to sit back and wait (laughs) and say, oh, that's nice, God, and put it on the shelf and not think about it again. I actually said this to myself, man, that's cool that you said those awesome things to us, God, and you trust us that much, but we'll just put it on the shelf for later and pray about it. And so within three or four months, when I was in two other meetings and somebody almost said verbatim the same word to me, I told our leaders, oh, the, the timing of these words might be sooner rather than later. How many of you ever had that experience? There's something you thought was years away, and God says, no, I kind of wanted to do that soon, now, next week, next month. And when, when we started hearing all those confirming words, we said, oh, maybe it is the case of sooner rather than later. And we began to look at some different spaces and some different options, and that's part of how we ended up here. So that was only 2015 October we got that word, and by 2016 October, we were here in this building. Come on, in my mind, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't work, I can't plan that out. But when God began to speak it, we took some action to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers. There is something about when we hear His voice, we need to listen and respond. I I had one last story I wanted to share from you from Paul's life this morning. Uh, In the book of Acts chapter 21, uh, Luke writes this. He says, after we had been there a number of days. So this is Paul, Luke, all their friends, their traveling companions. It says a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. I wonder how he got there. Did he ride a bus? Agabus on the bus? I don't know. Gosh, that was Chris. That wasn't Pastor Chris. That was just Chris right there. A prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt. Come on, I picture these stories like real life happening. How do you get that from somebody? Like, Do you just go up and start loosening that and say, Hey, I I need this right now? and I don't know. I see awkward, but it was the Holy Spirit. He took Paul's belt... Tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and hand him over to the Gentiles. Agabus is actually uh doing a, a prophecy here where he's telling what's going to happen. He's foretelling. That's a specific type of prophecy. God says this is what's going to happen in the future. And it caused Paul's friends a little bit of concern. Come on, how many of you have ever heard a word and you're like, ugh, get behind me, Satan, and everybody else is like, oh, we felt the Holy Spirit, that's God. His friends were concerned for him. Paul, you shouldn't go. This is what's going to happen. this They're going to bind you. They're going to turn you over to the Romans and it's going to be bad. How many of you know he could have listened to his friends or he could have responded to the word that he got from the Lord? Paul's friends were concerned. they They tried to talk him out of it. I still think... This was a prophecy of potential. This, this was not a set in stone, this has to happen. This was potential. What if Paul had said, man, you guys are right, I'm not going to Jerusalem. What would have happened to that word? Would they have, would they have said, oh, Agabus, you're, you're a terrible prophet. False prophet, invalid prophet, your words didn't come to pass. Paul could have said, we're, not, we're staying right here. Not going to go get tied up like that. There was still potential in there that Paul had to cooperate with. And I think instead of taking it as like, oh no, this, we shouldn't do this, Paul used that word to encourage his friends. Man, this is awesome that God's telling us what's going to happen. I'm ready not only to be handed over and put in jail, but I'm ready to die for the gospel if I need to. He used this word to encourage his friends. God's got this under control. He has a plan. He knows what's going to happen. Paul didn't get rattled. He didn't get flustered. He used it to encourage himself and the friends around him. And he actually got things ready for them to go to Jerusalem. And because he had that word, he didn't get sidetracked. He didn't get flustered when this happened. In Acts 21, verse 30, it says, The whole city was aroused, and the people came running from all directions, seizing Paul. They dragged him from the temple, and immediately the gates were shut. The commander, so this is the Roman commander, came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. Then he asked who he was and who he, what he had done. Come on, this is, talk about a word coming to pass very quickly. Same chapter in the book of Acts. Agabus said it in one verse, and you read 20 verses later, it's happening. And because Paul had that word, he didn't get upset, he didn't get frightened, he didn't get nervous, he told the Roman commander, says, hey, I'm a Roman citizen, is it okay if I address the crowd right now? Let me use this as an opportunity to share the gospel. If he wouldn't have had that word, do you think maybe there's the potential of what's happening? Why is God allowing this? We're getting arrested. We're not going to have a chance to speak. He knew exactly that what was going to happen because he had gotten the word and he acted on it. He, he agreed with it. He says, okay, God, I see that you know all things. I'm going to trust you in this. I believe in that moment, he tested the word and held on to what was good. And that's our encouragement today. We need to test those words, and we need to hold on to what is good and do something with it. So I already put it on the screen, but this is the action item that I have for us this week. I want us to go back, whether, whether it's a word you've gotten in your life where you're like, I know the last thing God said to me, or you got a word last week, or it's just the corporate words to the church. This is what I want you to do with them. I want you to listen to them again. I want you to write some things down. Whatever the Holy Spirit highlights to you while you're listening to him, write it down. Say, man, this sounds awesome. And then pray about it. God, I don't don't even have a first clue how you're going to do this, but this sounds awesome. I'm in agreement with it. Lord, open the doors, take out roadblocks, bring resources, whatever you want to begin to pray, what the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, begin to pray about it. And then act on it. If there was something that you heard that you need to do, then do something. Come on, that's not rocket science. This morning, if if, if there is a word that I know, oh, I was supposed to take this action. Just like, oh, you need to lose a little weight. I need to take some action. Well, if you've heard a word from the Lord and you haven't acted on it yet, ask God, what's my next step? What is my action? And if the only action you can think of is I need to talk to somebody that knows more about this than me, then take that action. Say, hey, I, I think I heard this or. Help me. Well, how do I hear more? What, what kind of word do I get? Talk to somebody then. That may be your action. But that's what I want us to commit to do as a congregation, just to believe that, God, you did speak to us. We receive it. We're going to hold on to what's good, and we're going to pray and cooperate with it. Can we do that? Yes. I got Yes. Yes, you guys are with me. Let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to listen to the words from the Lord. We're going to write some things down. We're going to pray about them. We're going to take some action. If you're in this room this morning and you're thinking, I've never heard what Jesus' voice sounds like. I've never heard him. Maybe because you've never started a relationship with him. Uh, This is a great day to do that. He actually promises in the Bible that he will come and make his home with you, that he will fill you with his spirit, and that he will have a relationship with you. If you've never met Jesus before in that way, I invite you to come up after service. Uh, We're going to have some people up front to pray with you. We'd love to introduce you to Him. But the the rest of us, I want us to take a moment to pray. Yeah. And if one of the things that makes it easier to hear the voice of God is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're in a place where you've never had that experience or you're just feeling dry, like man, I I need to be refilled that's part of paul's word when he says don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the holy spirit the verb there is an ongoing action it's a present tense action that you keep taking i was filled once but i need to be topped off if you need to do that this morning uh, we will pray for you up front also to do that so father we come before you right now we thank you for your voice Thank you that you are alive, that you speak to us, that you order our steps, that you guide our path, that you continue to speak your voice into our lives to direct us and give us strength in life. God, we ask where there's things in our lives where we know that we've heard your voice and maybe we buried it, maybe we set it on the shelf, we haven't thought about it in years. Lord, I thank you for the gentle way that you have to blow the dust off those things and remind us of the words that you've spoken into our lives. Lord, we even envision uh, those words that you've spoken to us, we envision them like seeds scattered in our life, Lord. And if they've been dormant, we thank you this morning for pouring a little water on that seed, causing the sun to shine on it right now. Lord, let growth happen in the words that you've spoken over our lives. God, I thank you that there is fruit (laughs) waiting to be harvested from the words that you've spoken and declared over us. Lord, we say that we love you, we honor you. Thank you for the. We thank you for the time in your presence this morning, that you love us so much that you continue to meet with us. Lord, bless us as we go from this place. I thank you that we go from this place full of your life, full of your power, full of the joy that comes from knowing you. We just say we love you, continue to be with us, and let our lives be living testimonies for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, if you need prayer, please come up front this morning.